1: Get in gear with the Zen 10 Challenge and enjoy 10 smoke free, spit free days for just $5.95. Order online and start your new journey today. Warning this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical.
2: Mallor here. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full lineup of hand-cooked tires. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you. One of over 10,000 recommended installers, TireRack.com. The way tire buying should be.
6: Certain things just go together better, like peanut butter and jelly, apple pie and ice There's no distance too far for the perfect trip.
7: <gasps> Hi, checking in for...
0: Or the perfect table.
7: Hey, where are you?
0: Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
2: Hey, Smaller here. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Hey Smaller here. Did you ever play the over-under game with your friends? You know, think I can eat that slice of pizza in under 30 seconds, or I know it'll take you over a minute to down that two-liter. If you have, then you're going to love pick six, the new fantasy game from DraftKings, an official partner of the NBA. Here's how to play during the NBA playoffs. It's super simple. First, Download the DraftKings Pick 6 app, then pick between two and six players to choose if they'll have more or less of a stat like rebounds, points, assists, and more. Play Pick 6 from DraftKings, the new fantasy app that packs more fun into less time. Download the new DraftKings Pick 6 app now and use code MALLER. The new customers play 5 bucks and get 50 In Pick 6 Credits, that's code Maller only on DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours.
5: Void where prohibited. See terms at picksix.draftkings.com/promos.
7: If you're a smoker or dipper looking to make a change, you really only need one reason to do it. But with Zen nicotine pouches, you can find many. Not only did Zen create the first ever nicotine pouch, we're still America's number one choice for smoke-free, spit-free nicotine satisfaction. It could be because Zinn is made with only six simple ingredients, including naturally-derived nicotine salt. Or maybe it's because Zin is the only nicotine pouch with a 10-day trial. For anyone worried Zinn won't cut it like traditional tobacco, just ask one of the millions of people who have achieved lasting change. You have lots of options when it comes to nicotine satisfaction, but there's only one Zinn. Find your Zyn online or in a store near you at Zin.com slash find. That's Z-Y-N slash find. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical.
8: I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico, Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Scream, or the comfort and support
6: found in a DreamCloud hybrid mattress, with its combination of memory foam and springs. Dream Cloud is a luxury mattress made with premium materials at half the price of traditional hybrid mattresses. Perfectly comfortable sleep is about more than just the mattress you sleep on. And that's why every Dream Cloud also comes with $399 in accessories. Plus, get $200 off a 365 night home trial, free shipping and returns, and a forever warranty. Go to dreamcloudsleep.com and start getting hotel-level comfort and support in your very own home. Be sure to catch live
5: editions of the Ben Maller Show weekdays at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific.
6: Get
4: right to the romance and find the way to wow this Valentine's with 1-800-Flowers.com. From classic roses and bouquets to decadent chocolate-covered berries, gourmet treats, and more, surprise your Valentine with 1-800-Flowers.com. Right now, get the 18-stem Enchanted Rose Medley for $39.99 or upgrade to 24 red roses for $10 more. Go to 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in. That's 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in.
3: What grows in the forest? Trees? Sure. Know what else grows in the forest? Our imagination, our sense of wonder, and our family bonds grow too because when we disconnect from this connect with this we reconnect with each other the forest is closer than you think find a forest near you and start exploring at discovertheforest.org brought to you by the united states forest service and the ad council look through your children's eyes to see the true magic of a forest it's a storybook world for them you look and see a tree they see the wrinkled face of a wizard with arms outstretched to the sky They see treasure in pebbles. They see a windy path that could lead to adventure. And they see you, their fearless guide through this fascinating world.
5: Find a forest near you and start exploring at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. Kaboom! If you thought four hours a day, 1,200 minutes a week was enough...
2: It is audio poetry in motion, unless it's not, we are in the air everywhere, coast to coast, border to border, and beyond the magic of podcasting, because as you know, the four hours on the overnight during the week, not enough. We do this now eight days a week. This is our Friday podcast, and it is an interview podcast. We didn't do one last week because we gave political predictions, which of course went Wonderfully, unless they didn't. Uh, but this week we are back at it with our interview Fridays, and yet again we're going to welcome in from west of the four hundred five, David Gascon, making his way in here. He's right there. There he is, and uh, over, over here on the west side, yes, some west west of the four hundred five. Yes, and we have today Gascon, a guy that I have known. For ever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. And one of my former
9: producers. Yeah? This is actually someone that made a name for himself after leaving your show.
2: One of the many people that have... That hasn't crossed my my path Hmm. that have gone on and been very charismatic and charming on the radio and haven't had fascinating careers. And I know that bothers you, Gascon, when you hear about people that have just magnetic personalities and do wonderful things uh, that have have crossed my path here.
9: I'd say more along the lines of slingshotting past you. (laughs)
2: Well, uh, I am excited. So David Vassay, for those of you maybe not in L.A., David, if you're in L.A. and you listen to the radio, you know who David Vassay is because he's been on Dodger Talk for years, and he's been on radio. He was the producer of the Petros and Money Show. He did the Ben and Dave Show, one of the iconic 1990s radio shows back in the day. But more recently, David Vassay has been the host of – Dodger Talk, pregame, does the pregame, the postgame show on KLAC, AM 570, Dodger Radio. And he's also on television. He fills in on the TV network for the Dodgers. He's on MLB Network. He's a Renaissance man, is what he is, uh, Gascon. David Vesey, Renaissance man. He's like a Swiss Army knife. And he knows where all the bodies are buried. In my life, uh, he knows many of the early stories because he was around in the old days, uh, the old LA radio wars back in there. He's also a disciple of the great Joel McDonald. Mm. LA radio icon. Did you ever know Joe McDonald? I did not, did? no. You no. Did not. I didn't know so, him until
9: after he passed, unfortunately. Okay. The Big
2: Nasty. He hosted Afternoon Drive the and it was it was great with Doug Kerkorin for years, did it by himself, worked at like every radio station in LA and he was the the Mike Francesa of the West Coast, the beacon of LA sports radio. And so uh I worked with Joe for a few years and knew him for a long time. And so if I say uh, was a, was around him, and so I'm excited to talk to him. He did Dodger talk. They win the World Series this year, so this is a way to suck up to him. Oh, he likes to bust my balls, Gascon. This guy, Vasay, likes to take shots at me, which is uh, gratuitous, cheap shots. Bad how job it, by him. How does it feel? He doesn't live west of the 405, though. Yeah. I, I don't think. Uh, ah. Yeah. Oh, wait a minute. I think he does. He lives out. I don't say where he lives, but he lives in the San Fernando Valley, which I believe is west of the 405. Yeah, there's a reason why. Oh, yeah. He might be north enough
9: where the 405's already ended. <sighs> Not sure. I got to look at the map. Keep, uh, Yeah, look at your uh, electoral map and find it. Yeah.
2: Uh, <sighs> so before we get into of essay, uh, cameo, cameo, cameo.com. You want a personalized video message? We're on Cameo. Look my name up, Ben Maller. And we've done a number of those. We'd love to do one for you if you want for a special event. You got a birthday, a wedding, an engagement, uh, you name it. Uh, kid, you just want me to rant and rave. The ridiculous, most ridiculous one I did was somebody wanting me to praise the Lakers. So I, I, I had to do that. It was awkward. It was cringeworthy. Uh, it was terrible. But that's on Cameo. That's available to you. Uh, And also all the social media channels, Ben Maller on Twitter, Ben Maller Show on Facebook, Ben Maller on Fox, on Instagram. And remember, very important, every Wednesday on our Facebook page, Ben Maller Show, I will post questions for our Sunday mailbag. So if you want to get a question in, usually Sunday mailbag, we do it there. And uh, Gascon, you're available on Twitter and Instagram, right? You're not on Facebook, but you're on Twitter and Instagram.
9: Don't forget, Benny versus the Penny tonight, if you're listening to this sucker first thing in the morning or in the middle of the day. That's right.
2: Benny versus the Penny, marginal NFL handicapping. And I want you to know, Gascon, uh, that I have... Purchased. It probably will not be here in time for tonight, but mm-hmm. I have purchased something that will make it seem much more professional. you got a pretty good idea of what it is. Yes. I was not planning on doing this, but I was bullied into it because my wife watched the video and said, why does Gascon look so much better than you look?
9: <laughs> um, I, I tried to tell you that last week, yeah. but you weren't having any of it, so... I'm a simple man. Guess no, you're then. a stubborn I, I, mule. That's what you are. I, I, stubborn I, don't, mule. I don't
2: need bells and whistles and all that.
9: Nobody said uh, that. I, I, There's nothing wrong with driving a Toyota Camry. It goes from point A to point B. You just got to make sure that it actually has the paint on, no <laughs> chips, you know, the windshield's not cracked, the windshield wipers work. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's, it's fine. We're not, we don't need all the bells and whistles, but we need to look aesthetically appeasing at times.
2: Well, I I like that you didn't, like, kind of wait until I got said thing. You just went for it, so you then looked amazingly better than I did, and you uh, you know, just, it's a little awkward.
9: Well, no, actually, to be frank with you, I had ordered said device back in July, and uh, it was defected, I had to return it, and it took me three and a half months to get it back, but... Well, yeah. yeah. I, you know, you well, gotta- I
2: I, uh, I purchased said uh, device because I don't even know it will be the right device. It might be I got the wrong one, <laughs> I, and, um, but it it should be here in a couple of days. So it's I ordered it from a different place. That's now, good. People, we're being very vague here. We're very we have vast, we have vast standing by. So why don't we stop talking here? Right? We will we'll welcome in the man of the hour. See how many times he busts my balls here. And give it up now to David Vasse from Dodger Radio. And he joins us now on the fifth hour with Ben Maller and David Gascon. And David Vasse, welcome. And so how did the Dodgers winning the World Series change
10: your life, David? Absolutely has not changed one bit, Ben. There is nothing that has changed.
2: Nothing at all. But everyone, I've had people email me because I like, you know, I'm a Dodger fan and all that stuff. You were around the team. You've been around the team for How many years have you been doing this, by
10: the way? This was my ninth season that I finished uh, being part of the Dodgers radio broadcast.
2: Nine seasons. My God. It's, you're, now, do you get next year will be your 10th? So you get like a gold watch or something like that when you reach the 10 year mark? What kind of prize do you get?
10: Um, you know what? Maybe a free Dodger dog. I, I think that's about it.
2: Yeah. Well, they give those out anyway, though. I think they can give you, well, like, yeah, that. Well, exactly. yeah, exactly. Nothing
10: special. I just do my job, put my head down. I didn't swing a bat. I didn't catch a ball. I didn't throw a pitch. I'm just along for the ride to bring it to people that are listening to get their excitement to calm their panic, like there was after the Dodgers went down three games to one. In the NLCS, I, I just calmed everybody down and let them knew let them know the Dodgers were coming back.
2: Yeah, see, I, I do the opposite, as you know, uh, Vasse because we yes. work together. That uh, I believe that sky is falling. Radio being the alarmist when it comes to sports panic. Sports panic is a good kind of panic. I don't think panic <laughs> in like a like a like election panic and like real world panic is not constructive, but like. I like being a panic peddler when it comes to sports. I, I was convinced when the Dodgers fell behind to the Braves, they were done. They were not going to come back. Now, do you do you really believe they were going to come back, Vasse? Or were
10: you? I really did. I really did. did. I, no, I no. felt like the Braves, as it proved out to be, were thin on pitching. And the longer that series went, the better chance the Dodgers had to win because... I mean, who were who their pitchers? I can't even tell you who they were outside of Max Fried. The other guys were pretenders, scared to death. They got away with it the first time, but the Dodgers are so good that they see you a second time when you're average and they take advantage of you, and that's exactly what they did. And by the way, Mookie Betts changed that whole series when he made that great catch and forced Ozuna to come off the bag early and – Everybody I talked to felt like that catch, that play, changed the entire momentum of the series.
2: How great is it, though, that Mookie Betts, in one year, David Vasse, has justified that forever contract the Dodgers gave him by making key plays in the World Series. And so now he can just kind of hang out for the next decade. He's got got the forever contract. He's got the World Series. And so even if he doesn't, Paying out, you know, five six years from now, I think most Dodger fans they'll be upset, but they won't be like really that. Big. You know what I mean? Like you know, they won the World Series. They, how many big time free agents have the Dodgers brought in over the last thirty years that were supposed to be the guy that would be the final piece to win the World Series, and they've been abject failures. They didn't didn't get there, didn't finish the line. So I mean, it's got to be pretty good for Mookie here. Uh, you agree with me, or do you think it doesn't matter that they'll still go, you know, go rogue on him?
10: Well, number one, there's a reason why he's Mookie Betts and you're Ben Maller because now we understand How that. Dare it, uh, it was How dare you! How dare you! Yeah, we understand the way Ben Maller thinks. One good show and one good podcast, he could coast the rest of the week. That's not Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts, what makes him special is that no matter what he did, he comes to play. This guy already had a championship ring, he already has an MVP, but. He played like he was as hungrier than any guy on that Dodger team. And that's why they committed that many years and dollars, because they knew he would not have that Ben Maller attitude or a Davey Johnson managerial type of attitude, and he would bring the, the A game every year.
2: How dare you? You're you going to rip lunch with Davey? Come on, man. Davey Johnson, the legend, <laughs> Dodger legend, man. Few guys could take a nap on the bench better than Davey Johnson managing the Dodgers. That guy, an all-time great back in the Hey, day. in all
10: seriousness, Ben, you know this. Everybody talks about how the Dodgers hadn't won in 32 years. A big reason why was so many ownership changes, managerial changes, GM changes. There was so much instability. I mean, you hired a guy like Davey Johnson – who cared more about his golf game than he did about the baseball team? Then you hire a mediocre manager and Jim Tracy because hey, he was hey, a, a nice guy. Hey,
2: time out! Time out! That Jim. All right, so you did that to trigger me, and it worked. I <laughs> say because one of my good friends over the years, the great Jim Tracy, who was a manager the of the year. The great Jim Tracy. He, he invited me to stay at his house in Pittsburgh. Of course, by that time, it was vacant because oh, he had he let go by the That See, there's a guy that respected before other people did. You don't respect the brand, Vasse, but Jim Tracy, former Dodger, Rockies, and Pirates manager, there's a guy that got it. There's a guy bonding. You know, when I did your job, vasse very briefly years ago, there's a guy I could hang out with, have a meal on the road, catch up with. Everybody. That's a good man. Do not trust. Trash Jim Tracy. That is blasphemy, David Vassie. How dare you?
10: The epitome of mediocrity. Jim Tracy and wow. his uh, dinner wow. companions, obviously, do not hold in high regard either. So that's how he kept his jobs. That, that's how he kept other jobs is no, by he's a- being kind to the media. And uh, that only gets you so far. you got to get some wins. It's all about wins and losses, Mallard. Not no, how many you, you, free meals you well, can Well, listen, get.
2: I understand. You can go around. Vasay can be a jerk to everybody, but you know he wins the show on the you know doing this. What do you do? Like seven million commercials on that Dodger talk, my guy. When I did it, I did like three. <laughs> Every, I mean, you are unbelievable, Vasay. You're. I, I used to rip. And, you know, listen, I, we love sponsors, but uh, we we've had John Sterling on the podcast because uh, if you've ever heard a Yankee radio broadcast, the first like 10 minutes is nothing but billboards. But my man, <laughs> Vasse, you go uh, play of the day brought to you by your waterless, you know, uh, you know whatever heater or whatever. Navient,
10: uh, Navient Nav- tankless water heater. <laughs> That's, That's right. The
2: people. <laughs> You got in and out over here. I mean, you got a million sponsors, everything. My God, it's, uh, I, my, my head is spinning listening to that, Vasse, during the Dodgers season when you're, you're bouncing from sponsors. Sponsor. Do you ever miss a, make a mistake, Vasse, and give the wrong sponsor tag? Have you done that?
10: I've never done that, Ben. That's why they keep coming back for more. And by the way, you have never said no to any sponsors, so let's not play that game.
2: Oh no, I'm a, I'm absolutely a sponsor whore, uh, and I would you know listen, I need a, a waterless. Uh, you took whatever. a shake
10: that put your health in danger <laughs> one time.
2: That's not true. Uh, Body Solutions slash Body Shaper a great <laughs> sponsor. By the way, they still owe me like twenty thousand dollars. So if they want to send that money, I would still accept that money. That uh, I think. Well, there it, we have it. Our- it's
10: on the record. They put out the APB for that twenty thousand.
2: I think it was one of the salespeople that embezzled the money, if I remember correctly. Is that true, Vassay? Remember that? The uh, money vanished sure. back in the day. I'm not yeah. going to
10: indict anybody. That's alleged.
2: All right. Now, bigger highlight of David Vassay's radio career, uh, hosting Dodger Talk, producing the Pedros and Money show, or producing the Ben and Dave show?
10: Uh, I would. It's very close, but I would say hosting Dodger Talk and... Owning things for myself would be the highlight. All
2: right, between, all right, forget that. Producing Petros and Money or The Ben and Dave Show, an original iconic LA radio show from the 90s.
10: Yeah, that's tough. That's tough. Oh, so you, I don't don't know. Want to, you, you don't and want to I, rip. Pe-
2: yeah, I know. I listen. I know because Petros will give you crap, and you don't want to. You don't want to say the Ben and Dave show, so you're going to save Petros and money. You're going to trash Ben and Dave to my face because
10: that's the power the P has over you. I, I'll say Ben and Dave because I know Petros will not be listening to this.
2: No, 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 I'm going to send him the clip. I'm going to cut this out. <laughs> and, 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 and by the way, Vassey, if I don't send it, one of my minions in the Maller militia will make sure that Petrels hears about this and is right. fully aware
10: okay. that Why you wouldn't trashed, trashed him. Why would me what the highlight was of my career, hosting Dodger talk or hosting Bruin talk during oh. the Carl Durrell <laughs> years?
2: <laughs> well that's just depressing.
10: Although now, I mean that's as bad as that's as bad yeah. as hosting Dodger Talk during the Jim Tracy years.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I disagree, man, because I want to bring this up, essay. So I learned I believe this is human nature. It's a product of human nature. And I want to see if you can verify this because when I did Dodger Talk back in the day with the great Ross Porter, let's play baseball trivia.
10: Uh, mm-hmm.
2: and, and then years later, a few years ago, I filled in on the Red Sox version, like you know, the post game show, Red Sox review. And Complete I learned fraud
10: from L.A. hosting Red you know,
2: Sox talk, beloved professional radio icon, called in out of the bullpen in an emergency. So anyway, uh, here's the point: when the hometown team won, there wasn't as big a reaction. There wasn't. There weren't people all worked up. They didn't want to. You know, call in and, and talk, which is, which is weird. But when the team would lose, oh, fire this guy! You know the, You know Bob and Redondo Beach or whatever. People would lose their their lunch when the team would. Lo- now, is it still like that all these years later for you, Fester? When you host the Dodge, Dodgers, Dodgers have won a ton. The last, you know, obviously the last decade, they've been very good. But when the team loses and they go in a, a rough patch, do you, is it easy? Is your job easier? Because my job was easier
10: when the team would be losing. Yeah, you know what, Ben, you're right. The calls do flood in when the Dodgers do lose. And keep in mind, they've won a hundred games twice in the last three years. But those few times that they do lose, everybody's to blame. Dave Roberts should be fired. The emotions are just completely out of whack. But I will say this, uh, during your Jim Tracy Dodger talk years, there was a lot more of those nights than there were for me. So that's probably why your opinion is slanted. You were there, like I said, during the leanest times of Dodger baseball.
2: Oh, you don't have to pile on Vest. I'm aware the team sucked when I was doing that. But that's <laughs> almost I mean, as can... bad as uh, Joe
10: Torre's <laughs> last year in 2011. <laughs>
2: Yeah, that was pretty weak, the, uh, the the Joe Toy run. But I,
10: I also Nobody recall... listened to Dodger Talk between twenty two thousand nine and two thousand eleven, I can guarantee you that.
2: Was that the dark period for Dodger Talk? What about yeah. the Grady yeah, The, I Grady, would say
10: the so. Grady the Grady Little uh, era? Was that a great era? The Grady Little era? No, oh, that was, was right? uh that was dicey. That was very dicey.
2: Yeah. Now my second favorite Dodger manager of all time, the great Bill Russell, who took over for the oh, sorta. Another uh, winner. Oh, this guy, great guy. Part of those 70s Dodgers. See, anybody that's. that's He was. He was a great
10: player. Great player. Not a a great manager. manager. Really couldn't connect with. Uh, a lot of diverse type of players.
2: Nah, the play with well, the players were the problem. Uh, tr- yeah, listen, Bill Russell, great baseball man, Dodger icon, wonderful manager. He got a rough shake. You know, they didn't give him the greatest team in the world. Players had bad attitudes. You want me to go on, Vasse? You want me? To well, go they on? did trade I-
10: Mike Piazza while he was the manager.
2: Oh my God! Well, w- were you? The- I was there. You were there that day. Weren't you? It was sports radio yeah, night.
10: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. That was the first night I ever covered a Dodger game, Mike Piazza's last game. And I walk into the clubhouse. The Dodgers had lost that game. And Todd Zeal is almost crying in his locker. And I was thinking to myself, wow, these guys really do care if they win or lose a game. <laughs> Little did I know they had told him that he was going to Florida with Mike Piazza.
2: Oh, my God. That was the most surreal night uh, and I we were, I was out there in those days. I was there every night at Dodger Stadium for years. I was there for like 30 years. I was out at every Dodger game, not so much you anymore. You were a huge presence. Yes, literally and figuratively. <laughs> <laughs> Mainly in the press box food. I would be, uh, be uh, eating the press box food. But but no, I remember that night because it was a big deal for for the station we worked at. Yesterday. It was sports radio night. They gave out these headphones. It was a sellout crowd. They were playing, I think it was like the Montreal Expos, if I remember correctly. Um but yeah, I mean they, they there was a buzz that they were you know trading Piazza and all that stuff and then it came down and I remember Piazza was wearing a Pittsburgh Penguins jersey when he That's uh, right.
10: Good when memory. He when up, he left, yeah. the last time he left Dodgers Stadium, he was wearing hey. a Penguins jersey. And do you know this Ben? He still that? harbors resentment towards the Dodgers. He never even tweeted out a congratulatory uh uh tweet to the Dodgers. For winning the World Series, but the Mets, they donate you know five thousand dollars to a dog charity, and he's all over it.
2: <laughs> well, dogs need love too, but uh, yeah, I I can understand that Piazza. I got even the guys today. Maybe I'm wrong on this essay, but I would say Piazza was such a huge presence. He's bigger than anyone currently on this Dodger team that just won the World Series. Like he was such a megastar, and it was different. It was a long time ago. But his presence in the LA sports scene—I mean, he was up there like a Laker star, Mike Piazza. Yeah, in, in those the days. reason
10: why was because Magic Johnson had just retired. The Lakers uh, were not very good, and when Mike Piazza was a rookie in '93, and you're 100% right. At that point in time, the Lakers did not have a star. They weren't very good. People weren't going to their games. And Mike Piazza and Eric Carros were the two biggest stars in Los Angeles. Women would follow them on the freeway back to their home in Manhattan Beach. And that's how no Dodger ever has that going on right now. I can guarantee you that. So I would say to a certain extent, you're right, Ben, but these guys have something Piazza never got, and that's a World Series championship with the Dodgers.
2: Yeah, no, I, I get it, but, I mean, that... And, and they, they
10: were convinced. I remember. Stop living owner. in the past, man. It, it was great. Now we're talking wow. about Bellinger, Seeger. Well, you Kershaw, brought up Jim. Well, you Turner. brought up
2: Jim Tracy, man. What do you want? That's
10: in the past. Well, you am trying to him put up. in context the type of people that you suck up to.
2: I didn't no. I didn't suck up the Piazza. That was your the big nasty, the great Joe McDonald, the late great Joe McDonald. He was in the he was in the Mike Piazza camp, right? He was a Piazza right. guy. I'm saying yeah.
10: I'm saying Jim Tracy was your guy. Yes, Joe McDonald and myself, Mike Piazza guys. So there's the disparity <laughs> of who we associate ourselves with and who you associate yourselves with. Well, we associated ourselves with greatness. You associated yourself with mediocrity.
2: No, no, no. I was also Raul Mondesi. That was my guy. Uh, oh, yeah. That was, yeah. His, that uh, was great, great. Mondi. Uh, he's got a kid with the
10: Royals now. I'd rather have I... Sean Green. I think that trade worked uh-huh. out better.
2: No, no. Mondi was great. Bazooka for an arm. Exciting ball player. He had that little Not a winning he...
10: baseball player.
2: Wow. I mean, he had that little glitch where he couldn't hit the breaking ball low and away. He kept swinging at it. But other than that, if you didn't throw that pitch, Mondi was,
10: was – I'll, sure, I'll be sure to tell Sean Green next time I see him that you thought it was a bad trade after all those years of <laughs> the nice things you said about Sean. I'll let him know.
2: No, 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 no I like Sean Green. But, Mondy. I mean, that was my guy, and he kept changing teams. He went to the Blue Jays. He played with the Yankees. He actually got so upset with the Yankees. He they were playing the Red Sox at Fenway, and he left. He like took a car and drove back to New York. He got so upset <laughs> with the, uh, with Joe Torre at the time. He was he was very very. And then who else? Oh, well, uh, what was the guy? Well, when he uh, got day,
10: stopped for a DUI in Glendale, here in Los Angeles. All he yeah. told the police officer was, I'm a doyer, I'm a doyer.
2: Well, the other part of that story, which are we allowed to tell that part of the story now? Because I was in the clubhouse when, uh, when that news came down. Oh, and, I thought you were uh, going to
10: say you were in the car.
2: Wow. I mean, I mean, yeah, listen, Mondi, if he needed a shoulder massage, I was there to give Roe see a shoulder <laughs> massage. I was. but uh, the other part I, of this story? Well, no, he uh, supposedly, the legend is, and I I, I didn't witness this firsthand, but I was in the clubhouse and there was a a buzz. He shows up and he... I believe he tossed the paperwork to Derek Hall, who's now the like the CEO of the Diamondbacks, but he was a Dodger PR guy, and like told him to take care of this. <laughs> he handed him <laughs> the paperwork from the DUI and told him, like, "Hey, go take care of this." And uh, oh, who else? Oh, Dave. Oh, remember Dave Hanson? Come on, one of the Hans. I was one of the Hans. I, still, I guys. still
10: talk to Dave. He's a great guy. How's he doing?
2: I haven't talked to him in years. He was coaching. He coached for a bunch of different teams for years. He was a hitting coach for the Angels and the Mariners and the Diamondbacks and and all that. What's he up to these
3: days?
10: He actually uh, helps kids. He's a a hitting coach for kids down in uh, southern Orange County. And he was a roving hitting instructor for the San Francisco Giants last time I checked. But uh, I'm not sure if the analytically inclined Farhan Zaidi kept him around.
2: Yeah, he's not, a, he's not a Poindexter. He's a, Dave Hansen. No. He's not.
10: He just the, knows how to play baseball. That's not something that's valued anymore. Yeah.
2: Oh, it sounds like you're on my side, Vasse, when it comes to analytics. It sounds like you're like, hey, this whole analytical thing, man, this is not the way to go, right? You're a little balance, everything in moderation, right? Exactly,
10: everything in moderation. You know, the analytical world accused the old school baseball people of being too set in their ways towards that end of the spectrum yet the new wave analytical people as evident by uh kevin cash's poor decision to take blake snell out of game five of the world series they are very set in their ways and each they're more dug in on on their analytics than baseball people are as far as uh evaluating with their eyes and with the scouts because i know tony la russa he was doing analytics in a notebook with Dave Duncan when he was managing the Oakland A's. So they were doing that way before computer programs were coming out.
9: Hey, Vasse, are you having as much fun now as you did when you first started with the Dodgers and with KLAC?
10: Yeah. Yeah, I am. I, I still enjoy it. I love going. Best part of my day is going into the clubhouse and uh, interacting with the players and, finding ways to connect fans with those guys and humanizing those guys because so many people view them as, you know, cartoon characters and people that aren't real human beings. And guys like Ben Maller take shots at athletes all the time. With no regard wow. for wow. who they are as people. Hey, it's yeah.
2: just a job, Vesse. It goes with the territory. It's got to criticize. You can't <laughs> be a suck. Can't, I can't be a suck up like you 24 hours a day. When somebody sucks, wow. I have to give tough love. That's what I do. Listen, I'm convinced I had I had fired Dave Roberts seven times. I had traded Kershaw twelve times. And because of that, they finally went out and won. They responded. They responded, Vese
10: so now all of a sudden, Dave Roberts is a great manager. Kershaw is an October performer, right, Ben, according to you?
2: No, I would still trade Kershaw, and I would probably fire Roberts. But they did win, so that's good.
10: <laughs> all right, well, at least you're consistent. I like
2: that.
9: Dave, speaking of consistency, like, how hard is that for you not to be a homer? Because you get a lot of guys. It doesn't matter if it's in L.A. or Anaheim or San Diego. Like A lot of guys waving the pom-poms. That work for the team on radio or on television. Like, there's that fine line you got to take between being, you know, a journalist or a radio guy, a TV guy, and and being a full fledged fan. But we get too much of that these days.
10: Yeah, that's not something that I grew up with. Uh, with broadcasters like Don Drysdale, Vin Scully, uh, Chick Hearn, uh, Bob Miller, Ross Porter, those guys were never homers. That's not something that we were brought up on here in Los Angeles. We don't want that. That's for other small towns where their broadcasters are the Harry Careys, the Hawk Harrelsons, where they're trying to be the homers. They love that over there in Chicago. That's not something that I grew up listening to with those Hall of Fame broadcasters, transcendent broadcasters. They would let you know in their own way that they thought the team wasn't playing well or a particular player may not be fitting with the team so i may be more blunt than those guys were but that's i'm not a play-by-play guy that works for the team i obviously have to walk a fine line but uh, fans are not dumb they they can see what is right what is wrong who's not playing well and if you're going to continue to pretend like things are not occurring then you're not going to be garnering much credibility with those listeners so that's that's what i grew up on and i try to be constructive whenever i do feel like there's a shortcoming on the team um and there's always that fine line and uh, some fans think i'm a homer sometimes the team believes i'm too critical so uh, i guess i'm doing my job if both sides uh have an issue
9: yeah there's always good nights that i'll text ben randomly i think in particular last year when the dodgers got beat by washington that series was over, and I'm driving home and listening to KLAC because he's covered up like he naturally is. And hey, um, hey and yeah. uh, and I'll will <laughs> say, hey, uh, Vassey's a red ass tonight. He'll ask why, and I'll be like, he's just he's taking shots at every call that's coming up with some stupid shit. <laughs>
10: <laughs> yeah, I mean, especially like call. I mean, that's another thing when people are driving home like you, Gascon, no. where you're listening to these callers. Uh, it's, uh, if they're if they're not making sense and they sound ridiculous, yeah. am I going to pretend like? They're a tremendous caller, and I'm gonna be. Wow, that is unbelievable point that you just brought up. That maybe Clayton Kershaw should play left field instead of pitch. <laughs> There's no way I can do that, and nobody t- turn off the radio. Yeah,
2: which that, now that's what I do though, Vess, is I, I make every crappy caller I, I, baffling. You know, just um, wonderful, amazing. I, 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 see, that's the secret to my success. say, that's the difference. I can take a crap caller and. More them into an average caller.
9: Who, who would you say you've done the best work with? Jeannie and Medford. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, Jeannie well, you're, was, you're, yeah, Jeannie was a, a uh, fine woman, uh, alcoholic, and uh, we love Jeannie. And uh, yeah, you're, that's a good call. Like, Jeannie started calling the show because she, uh, Vasse. I don't know if you know the story, but Jeannie was one of my regular calls. She died a couple years ago, but uh, she started calling the show because she got arrested for for calling 911 <laughs> because she would drink a lot of wine and get lonely and wanted someone to talk to. So she'd call 911 to talk to the 911 operator. And then they're like, hey, uh, you, know, you can't do that. So they arrested her and they told her, just call a radio station. And so she started. <laughs> she started calling me, and that's uh,
10: the legend. Yeah. There you so, go, helping helping one life at a time.
2: Who's the most? Uh, how many regs? Now we used to have when I did it with Ross back in there. We had Gene in Redondo Beach that used to call every Dodger talk. You would get a call, and he would be the expert. Had all the answers. Do you still have that same? I remember person? him. Yeah, Gene was. Oh my God, he. I don't. Some. I
10: don't have Gene in Redondo Beach. I don't know what happened to him um uh, i do have a few david in alhambra um who is uh some he's he's loyal isabel in in buena park i have i have her um i'm trying to recall who else is uh is a guy um somebody in san francisco we have a listener in san francisco that calls all the time as well so yeah we have our regulars I got
2: you. And, ben, and now, I, before, I cannot not have you Not impressed,
10: huh, Ben? Not impressed with those regulars. No,
2: that does not move the needle. I mean, you got to get Genie uh, in Medford. you got to get your Genie in Pete in Pittsburgh, Lance the bus driver. I have them.
10: I just told you who they are. Yeah, but but they I'm not going to sit here and rip my collars like you. I humiliate the callers. I embarrass them because <laughs> they embarrass me.
2: They disappoint me every time they call these people.
10: <laughs> that happens to me, too. I take that. That one too many phone calls. Uh like I mean maybe I, I shouldn't have taken that call. Then I have to go to the well yeah. one more time to feel good about myself. And it always disappoints. You're right.
2: You're like me, Vese. You're like, you, you, you prepare all you know, day, all night for the show. You're all excited. You get to be on the radio. And then, you know, some uh, slapdick calls up and ruins the show. And you're like, why, why did I spend all my time preparing? And then have this guy, you know, two minutes sabotage my work. How dare you sabotage my... That's how I look at it, Vese. You get ready. Yeah. You want to do a professional job on the radio. And then some drunkard calls up and just you tumble off the Cliff.
10: Exactly right.
9: <laughs> vasse, what's next for you? I mean, you've been doing this for quite a while. What's what's next on the horizon for you? What do you want to do?
10: I don't really know. You know, this is, uh, this is the mountaintop for me, so I'm not sure where I go from here, but uh, eventually I'd like to spend more time with my family, for sure. Uh, being on the road a lot, it's not conducive to having two young kids, so Eventually, I'd like to find something that can uh, fulfill all of that and find that balance at home.
9: Was this what you always wanted to do, though, or was it something else?
10: No, yeah, this is my dream job. This is what I always wanted to do: host Dodger Talk and travel with the team, or you know, do something similar to this uh, with the Lakers as well. So, yeah, these—it was the Dodgers or Lakers that I that I wanted to be with uh, on a daily basis.
9: So, would you consider producing for the Ben and Dave Show as more of like an internship, more as like uh, just a? A like a stone. stepping stone. Yeah. Stepping stone. Yeah. Not something that was Paying to my dudes. Paying though. my It's a
2: great. It's listen, when I met Vese, he was pushing shopping carts at Costco. This really? guy has this guy's a legend. He has risen from the mean parking lots at Costco and has dominated the LA radio landscape for for decades, right? I mean, this is a long. You've had a long run before you did the Dodger Talk with the Petros and Money Show and the Ben and Dave show back in the day. And all that. Now, you also do television, right? And you're a TV guy. Not only are you on the MLB network, right? You fill in on the Dodgers channel. I've seen you on there a few times. You've been in studio providing witty commentary. And you know, how often do you do the TV stuff? Do you like TV more than radio? Because I like radio more than TV. I've done a little TV, but I like radio. Do you like TV more than radio? Because TV people get paid more of SA.
10: I would say that's the greatest uh, gain of doing television for sure. Um, but yeah, I started to back up Alana Rizzo a couple of years of being the sideline reporter on Sportsnet LA, and I do reports for MLB Network. You're right, Ben. So I appreciate you keeping tabs, monitoring my my movement. But yeah, it's great to have that type of exposure and. You know, it's uh, both are different mediums. Uh, I would say television is great in short spurts. You can't you don't have the full blank canvas that you do on radio. But TV has its perks, too, because uh, when I was doing TV, the players would definitely uh, not stop messing with me. Kershaw one time did uh, some football uh, stance and started punching me in the or pushing me in the chest while i was on the air david freeze was put a helmet on my head so yeah it was uh, it's it's always interesting I'll, I'll say that they have it's their canvas to mess with me more than my canvas to paint
9: fast say have you ever gotten caught in a in a mix-up like we've had back in the day with rob dibble and lou Pinella and shit like that with managers and players and journalists and reporters
10: Wow, no, you know, everybody's so PC these days, that doesn't happen anymore. I've never seen that. Either a player will just be short with them, but I've never I've never been through anything close to that. That would be phenomenal if that happened, but uh, the personalities are not like that anymore.
9: I don't know if I'd want to back you in a fight against Milton Bradley, though. I'll be honest.
10: No, Ben knows this. I was a Milton Bradley guy. We used to talk a lot <laughs> when he played for the Dodgers, but unfortunately, he had some other demons that... Yeah, he, uh, he couldn't hide anymore. Oh
2: my God, Milton got. I was in there one day. He got so upset with uh, Jason Reed, who was the Dodger beat writer at the time, and he was screaming at him and <laughs> my. But it yeah. was fun.
10: Yeah, no, that was kind of the tipping point for sure.
2: Yeah, I, I back in the day though, Vasy, before everything did become. I blame social media because without social media, because everything on social media, right away, it's in your face on Twitter, you know, like two seconds later. But I remember uh, Johnny Oates, the Rangers manager, he got into it in the locker room. When I was in there years ago randomly, uh, re- well, remember the, uh, the Matt Williams thing when Matt got all upset with me, got in my face, and, uh, and, and had me kicked out. And there have been uh, Tony Phillips back in there. These are all old references, Vasse. But I remember there were several like heated confrontation situations in locker rooms. But it does not seem like it. Was like very, uh, you're right, mellow. They don't want to stir the pot too much. Where, where are the hotheads in baseball, Vasse? Where have they all gone?
10: Exactly. I don't, I'm not sure. I, Tony La Russa being back in Chicago, he'll make some people uh, uncomfortable. I remember being a reporter uh, just covering all the teams in L.A., Ben, and Bobby Valentine was the manager for the Mets, and I was in his office after a game at Dodger Stadium, and I guess he felt like I had my microphone too close to his face, and he actually pushed my microphone back. That's, that's as close of a dust-up I've had.
2: I remember Jim Fergosi. The late Jim... When he was managing the Phillies... And this was after they got to the World Series and lost... And he was so they, the, the Phillies would come out to the West Coast and just get their face bashed in by the Padres and the Dodgers like every year they couldn't couldn't they were confounded by playing on the West. and and by the time they would get to L.A. after losing in San Diego, Fregosi was spitting mad, screaming at reporters, screaming at his players like you never see that kind of stuff anymore the uh, the hot headedness wow. yeah now but now Vasse though
10: how is your Aaron job- Boone might come close right Aaron Boone yeah. was fired up a couple of times. Sometimes towards yeah. umpires, but you don't see that towards reporters.
2: They just hire, they seem to hire just mellow guys. It used to be, Well, I, I'll go here. It used to be back in the day, you'd hire a mellow manager and then you'd hire a hothead, right? You'd go from hothead, like that's why the Yankees kept bringing back Billy Martin because they'd hire a mellow guy and then that didn't work. So they bring in the hothead, Billy Martin. And it, it used to be, that was the formula. Now they all kind of hire the same guys. You just it's like you you change one chair and you and you put in another chair that looks exactly the same but maybe it's a little bit you know the color's off a little bit but it's it's almost the same there's no there's really they're all the same type of men I, I as you said larousse is the exception to the rule cuz he's old but all these other guys are they're all kind of wired the same way they're pretty mellow and they go by the book and that's it
10: yeah no emo- there's no emotional moves being made in baseball these days uh, before the game, during the game, or after the game. It's all very measured, and that's a product of the front offices really taking control of uh, pregame planning and also who they want to work with.
2: Yeah. Was was Ozzie Guillen the last hothead manager? Ozzie
10: Guillen. He might have been. Yeah, that's a great call. It might have been Ozzie Guillen. Don Mattingly even a mellow guy. You would think he'd be a guy that get fired up. He's Even when he used to want to send messages to his players through the media – he would do it in a very measured way as well
2: yeah well let me ask you this now with covid this year and you covered the team but it was a lot different you couldn't go in the locker room right you were banned from For you didn't have the access yeah. you had in was, the past i was
10: on a different tier yeah i was on a different tier players and staff were on the first two tiers and uh broadcasters like myself rick monday um, guys like that, Joe Davis and Oral Hershiser. we were only confined to the press box and our broadcast booths. And I couldn't even be in the same broadcast booth with Rick Monday. The Dodgers did a great job of trying to keep everybody safe and separate, and they really accomplished uh, a lot of things. So I have to give the Dodgers props for, for doing a lot of good things to keep everybody that was doing their job there safe. So yeah, that's, that, that was the setup. Even when I went to Texas, I was only allowed to be in the press box. So when the Dodgers won the World Series, that's as close as I got. And we had a headset in the clubhouse. So uh, guys like Mookie Betts and Corey Seager put on the headset, and I would talk to them from my broadcast booth.
2: So how, how much more difficult obviously it was a lot different, lot a lot more difficult. Like your job is to be around the players than to uh, to do all the interviews essay and all that. and you know I'd, I'd watch you you'd be in the clubhouse all the time and you'd be you know, booking guys to do your, your pre-game interviews and all that. So like how how much harder was it this year because you still had to do that stuff, right? They didn't tell you not to do that. You still had to interview the players, but it was like on zoom calls, right?
10: Exactly. Yeah, I got a lot of help from uh, one of the Dodgers PR people. His name's Juan Dorado. He deserves a lot of credit because he would be my my guy to ask these players every day whether or not they could do a Zoom pregame interview with me. So, I give him a lot of credit for delivering for me. But yeah, that's the way I would do it, Ben. My pregame interviews would be over Zoom, and I guess the good part is I could not only play it during our radio pregame show, but also posted on our social media and people could see the players and us do this interview together. So there was good and bad to all of it, but I would say that's the positive where it could be used on different platforms and and the fans could get a peek inside of just how we do these pregame interviews.
2: Now, now, if I say I talked to a buddy of mine who covers baseball on the East Coast, who's convinced he swears that it is never going back to the way that it was, that baseball is going to take advantage, even when they get a, a placebo and the coronavirus is just a memory and it's just a seasonal thing that there, the media restrictions are going to be in place. You you buy that or do you think it will go back to the way that it had been for forever and ever and ever? As far as access to the clubhouse? Yeah, I'm talking about media access and just having the freedom to go into the clubhouse whenever you want, before the games and after the games. They're going to lock that down, and it's not going to go back to the way that it had been.
10: Yeah, I, I could see that because I know there have been talks – um, part of this new collective bargaining agreement negotiation going on um, that there's a possibility that it could be closed off to the media before the games completely and only allowed in after games uh... because if you remember ben when we first started you can go inside the clubhouse two separate times before the game started you can go into the clubhouse before batting practice and they also would allow you to go back in after batting practice and Uh, within the last 10 years, they stopped media from being allowed to go back into the clubhouse after the team came off the field for their batting practice. So, yeah, I could see see uh, this prompting some questions about how much access does the media really need. And I think that conversation was going on even before COVID-19 hit and all the restrictions.
2: Now, David, we must mention here, you are not only on the Maller radio tree, the Petros radio tree, but you are on the big, nasty L.A. radio legend. I mentioned him earlier, the great Joe McDonald. How much fun would Joe have, Big Joe, now, with everything going on in the world? Can you imagine the kind of nonsense and frivolity that Big Joe, an L.A. radio icon, if he was still with us, my God, this was, I, if he was only around, think about the nonsense he did back in the day, and now you were around him forever, Vass. You learned from him. But think about what he would have done with 2020 with the politics and the coronavirus and the Dodgers and all the nonsense. This would have been his Mona Lisa.
10: It, it would have been. It, he, would have, uh, he would have been kind of the wave that I think we need to rock so much political correctness and he obviously wasn't shy to share his political views. I'm sure he would have a lot of fun with the political season going on and everything that's taken place the last four years, and we definitely miss his voice because uh, I know a lot of people didn't believe this, but at times he was the voice of reason in his own bombastic type of way. So, yeah, he would would have a field day with a lot of stuff that's going on in the real world and in sports, and he definitely was my mentor, and I— I miss him, and I don't know if you know this, Ben, but I do pay tribute to Joe at the end of every Dodger talk show.
2: Yeah, what do you? I'm normally doing my show. By the time you get done with Dodgers, oh, thanks a
10: lot, Ben. Yeah, I I got to do my show. You're going to be finished.
2: I know. That is true. I, I text you like anytime a Dodger game goes late, I'm like, hey, what time are you going to get off? Because I, I
10: don't want to <laughs> wait. So, like, if I talk about
2: the Dodgers and I'm not even on in L.A., we're not clear in L.A., what's the point of talking about the Dodgers? I got So i got to yeah. wait till you get done. And then I remember that one game in San Francisco a couple years ago, you ended like at two in the morning or something. It was ridiculous. It was like the entire show was well, almost that, That's
10: not my fault. I don't want to end at two in the morning. That's just the way the game went. I know, but it affects my life,
2: so I don't like that. So what, what do you do to honor the great <laughs> Joe McDonald?
10: Well, if you remember, when he hosted the, uh, the McDonnell Douglas show, he would always sign off by saying, See ya, like in a loud, loud long, drawn-out way. And that's, yeah. that's my ode to Big Joe after he passed away. I always wanted to find a way to pay tribute to him. And uh, some people have caught it. Uh, not a lot of people have. So I just thought I'd fill you in on that. That I you haven't go. forgotten him. And, yeah, that's the, way I, that's the way I pay tribute to him at the end of every show.
2: That's a great tribute, no. and I, I had the interesting uh, you know, life where I worked with Hacksaw, and Joe and Hacksaw were like blood rivals, right? Sports radio mm-hmm. wars in Southern California, so I saw both sides of it, but uh, Big Joe was, uh, he's like the uh, Francesa of LA Radio. He loved radio. you,
6: Ben.
10: Ben, yeah. he loved you for sure. He really liked you.
2: No, no, we, did. We, had a, we had one beef, but we became very good friends. Uh, Everybody a has a yeah. beef with Joe. Everybody. <laughs> yeah.
10: But you, but you he, found your way back.
2: Yes, I found my my way back in the good graces there. And, and uh, do you still talk to Doug E. Kricorin, the great Doug Is he I still I spoke a, to him
10: today. Yeah. I, t- I talked to him at least twice a week. He's oh. enjoying retirement in the beautiful Naples community of Long Beach.
2: i got to get him on the podcast. I don't know if you would do it. I get oh, him. that would be great. We got to get. Tell him I want to put him on the podcast. He used to say nice things back in the day, uh, Doug. He actually listened he still to the show. You. Yeah. Your oh, two see.
10: biggest fans that I know of, maybe the only two fans you have that I know of, are Rick Monday and Duck Ricorian.
2: That's right. The great Rick Monday. We got to get Monday on here, too. Monday's great. Don't push Mo- it.
0: Don't push
10: I, it. I, I couldn't see.
0: Wow. Okay. I think he's a closet listener. I don't believe. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip.
8: <laughs> Hi. Checking
7: in for.
2: Choose from the full lineup of Kumo tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended installer near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com sports to see their Kumo test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires and a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash SportsTireRack.com. The way tire buying should be.
1: The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zen for a spin. Zinn Nicotine Pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Ready to start your new journey? Order online at Zyn.com. That's ZYN.com to start your new journey today with the Zyn 10 Challenge. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. If
10: he wanted me to disclose how much he likes your show.
2: I know. I hear that a lot from people that are like that. I don't really, you know, they can't admit it. It's like Trump. They can't admit they like it, but they kind of, you know, like whatever. So yeah. A- anyway, all right. Well, listen, Vasse, uh, we thank you. You're an amazing person, human being, and now it's your off season. So when do, does off season Dodger talk start next week, or when is this? <laughs> when does this mean?
10: Yeah, I'm not sure. We're trying to figure it out. A lot of sports are starting to hit at the same time now with UCLA football. The Clippers starting up around Christmas time. So we're going to find time for sure to ride this wave. The Dodgers winning the World Series for the first time in 32 years. It's awesome.
2: And just in case anybody from the Dodgers is monitoring this, what ring size do you have when they get that World Series <laughs> ring? What size ring do they need to get you, Vassie? Do you know your ring size? I I,
10: I do not know. I haven't had my ring, my ring finger size since I was married nine years ago.
2: All right. But you are willing to have your ring sized for the proper World Series
10: ring, yes? And I, uh, Everybody seems to be more concerned about whether or not I'm getting a ring than I am about it because – Like I said, I always say it's about the players, and I actually feel like they hand out too many rings, Ben. It should be more limited than it is these days. It's about the players. It's about the play-by-play broadcasters, the front office that's who it's about.
2: No, that's bull crap. David Vassay needs a World Series ring. I know you're being the good guy and all that FSA. You deserve one. They give these things out and that's the the proper etiquette. You've been with the team, you've been traveling with the team for a decade. You've paid your dues. You've made you've been polishing turds at times. These guys haven't exactly been great all the time, and you've you've pumped them up and you've done you've done your job. So I they got to give you a ring. If they don't give you a ring, that's an injustice and heads are going to roll. You should get a ring, my man. And if not, we will start a uh, a GoFundMe campaign. and uh, Or either that or you can go. I'm, I'm sure next year fans are back. And I'm going to definitely be at this game, Vese, when they give out the, the fake rings, you know, the uh, replica
10: rings. Oh, yeah. I, re- I was there in 1989 for the one in 88. Yeah, I'll be there.
2: Yeah, that's a great night, man. That is, I will definitely, oh, man, that is uh, awesome. All right, well, thank you, Vese. Enjoy your offseason, pal. I appreciate it. Thank you.
4: To order today, visit one 800 slash tune in. That's one 800 slash tune in.
2: And we're live here outside the Perez family home, just waiting for the. And there they go! Almost on time this morning. Mom is coming out the front door strong with a double arm kid carry. Looks like Dad has the bags. Daughter is bringing up the rear. Oh, but the diaper bag wasn't closed. Diapers and toys are everywhere.
3: Like making sure your kids are buckled correctly in the right seat for their age and size. Learn more at NHTSA.gov slash the right seat.
8: Visit NHTSA.gov
3: slash the right seat. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. If I could be you. And
0: you could be me. For just one hour.
3: If you could find a way.
0: To get inside. Each
10: other's mind. Walk a mile in my shoes.
3: Walk a mile in my shoes. Walk a mile mile in in my my shoes. We've all felt left out, and for some, that feeling
5: lasts more than a moment. We can change that. Learn how at belongingbeginswithus.org, brought to you by the Ad Council.
3: Walk a mile in my shoes.
5: Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weekdays at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific.
2: The Winter Olympics are streaming on Peacock Live. Your all-access
1: pass. To stream every event, every day.
5: The Winter Olympics on NBC and Peacock.
1: The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zinn for a spin. Zinn Nicotine Pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction. Anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor.